Alright. Ashbrock reading Diana Palmer's book, Jordan, chapter 6. And I don't like this chapter. So, therefore, it proves that I do read chapters I don't like. So, it's not that I just skip them if I don't like them and tell you that they're lost. No, when I say they're lost, they're lost. Chapter 6. Libby and Harley raced eyebrows at Chase Roadhouse Bar with their improper rendition of the Jitterbug. It was a full house, too, on a Saturday night. At least two of the Tremaine brothers were there with their wives, and Calhoun Ballinger and his wife, Abby, were sitting at a table nearby with Leo Hart and his wife, Janie. I'm absolutely sure that Calhoun is going to win the state senate seat, Harley said. And Libby's ear when they were seated again, drinking iced tea and eating hamburgers. Looks like he's going to get some support from the hearts. Is Mr. Parks in this corner too, she asked. He nodded. All the way. The political landscape has been changing steadily for the past few years, but old man Merle just keeps going with his old agenda. He hasn't got a clue what the voters want anymore, and more important, he doesn't control them through his powerful friends. <laughs> I think his daughter would be forward-thinking. She pointed out he didn't say anything, but his face was all getting Somebody said she was thinking of running for public office, and Jacob fills me in. No name identification. Harley said it once. You have the habit to win an office. Without it, all the money in the world won't get you elected. You seem to know something about politics. He commented in his eyes. Do I? He mused. Harley never talked about his family or his past. He showed up at Side Park's place one day, proved himself to be an exceptional cowboy, but nobody knew much about him. Going on a genetic... Uh, gigantic drug bust with Jacobsville ex-mercenaries, and he had a reputation for being a tough customer, but he was as mysterious in his way as the town's police chief cash buyer. Wouldn't you just know they'd show up and spoil everything, Harley said, suddenly glaring to the door. Sure enough, it was Jordan Powell in an expensive western cut sports coat and Stetson and boots, escorting pretty Julie Merrill in a blue silk dress that looked simply and probably cost the earth. Doesn't she look expensive? Harley mused. <laughs> she probably is, Libby said, trying not to look and sound as hurt as she really was. It killed her to see Jordan there with that terrible woman. She's going to find out pretty soon that she's the equivalent of three-day-old fish with this crowd, Harley predicted coolly, watching her stick her nose up at the boundaries as she passed them. I just hope she doesn't drag Jordan down with her, Libby said shortly. Started out like us, Harley, she added. It was just a working cowboy with ambition. Jordan said, Jordan seated Julie and shot a cool glance in Harley and Libby's direction without even acknowledging them. He sat down, placing his Stetson on a vacant chair and motioned the waiter. Did you want something stronger to drink? Harley asked her. She grinned at him. I don't have a head for liquor, Harley. I'd rather stick to iced tea if you don't mind. So would I, he confirmed, motioning for a waiter. The waiter with a fine sense of irony went right past Jordan to take Harley's orderly and Julie Merrill was flirting like a step on garden hose. Two more iced teas, Charlie. Harley told the waiter, and thanks for giving us preference. Oh, I know who the best people are, Harley, the boy said with a wicked grin. He went right past Jordan and Julie again, not even looking at them. A minute later, Jordan got up, sucked over his counter to order the drinks. <laughs> He'll smolder for the rest of the night over that. Harley Musso was you. Unless I miss my guest, isn't it amazing? He had a thought that a man with as much sense as Jordan Powell can't see right through that debutante. How is it that you can, Libby? Asked the Jersey. I know politicians all too well. He said it for a moment. His expression was distant. Old man Merle has been hitting the bottle pretty hard lately, he said. 
It isn't going to set well with his constituents that he got pulled over and charged with the drunk driving by Jacobsville finest. You think they'll convict him? <laughs> she wondered aloud. You can bet on it, Harley, but the world has shifted 10 degrees. Local politicians don't meet in parked cars and make political policy anymore. The sunshine laws mean that the media get wind up on anything crooked and they report it. Senator Merrill has been living in the past. He's going to get a hell of a wake-up call with the primary election when Calhoun Ballinger knocks him off the de Democratic ballot as a contender. Mr. Ballinger looks like a gentleman, Livy commented, noting the closeness of Calhoun and his brunette wife, Abby. He and his wife have been married a long time, haven't they? Years, Harley said. He and Justin are honest and hardworking men. They came off from nothing, too. Although Justin's wife, Shelby, was a Jacobs before she married him. He reminded her a direct descendant of Big John Jacobs. But don't you think either of the Ballinger brothers would have been taken in by Julie Merrill, even when they were still single? But don't you think... She paused to take the waiter who brought them their two glasses of tall coat icy. Jordan was still waiting for his order at the counter while Julie glared at Libby and Harley. She's not quite normal, is she? Libby said quietly. I mean, the outburst in Barbara's cafe was so violent. People on drugs usually are violent. Harley <laughs> replied, and irrational. He looked right into Libby's eyes. She's involved in some pretty nasty stuff, Libby. I can't tell you what I know, but Jordan is damaging himself just by being seen in public with her. The campaigns will get hot and heavy later this month and come and some dirty linen is about to be exposed to God in the general public. Libby was going to Jordan's a good man. She said quietly, her eyes going like a homing pigeon, still his lean, handsome face. Caught her looking at him and glared. Julie seen his, his attention diverted look, too. Once we returned to the table, Julie leaned over and whispered something to Jordan. That made him give Libby a killing glare before he started ignoring her completely. Watch your back, Harley told Libby as he says. She considers you a danger to her plans with Jordan. She'll sell you down the river if she can. She sighed miserably. First my stepmother, now Julie's mother. Feel like I've got a target pointed on my forehead. We all have bad times, Harley told her gently. It's a big hand over one of hers where it leans her. We get through them. You too? She wondered aloud. Yeah, me too. He replied, and he smiled at her. Neither of them saw the furious look on Jordan Powell's face or the calculating look on Julie's. The following week, when Libby went to Barbara's cafe for lunch, walked right into Jordan Powell on the sidewalk. He was alone, as she was in expression. It made her feel cold all over. What's this about? What's this about? You going up to San Antonio for the night with Harley last Wednesday? He asked bluntly. Libby couldn't even formulate a reply for the shock. She'd driven Kurt over to Duke Rice's face early Wednesday afternoon, and from there she'd driven up to San Antonio to obtain some legal documents from the county clerk's office for Mr. Kemp. She hadn't even seen Harley there. I thought you were pure as the driven snow. Jordan Kenton, you'd ice and lay his dark eyes narrowed on sharply. Put on a good act, don't you, Libby? I don't need to be a mind reader to know where either. No, why either? I'm rich, and your, and your brother are about to lose your ranch. Janet hasn't started probate yet, she faltered. That's not what I hear. I don't care what you hear, she told him flatly. Neither Kurt nor I care very much what you think either, Jordan, but you're going to run into serious problems if you hang out with Julie Merrill until her father loses the election. He glared down on her. He isn't going to lose, he assured him. She hated seeing him be so stubborn, especially when she had at least some idea of what Julie was going to drag him down into. She moved a step closer, her green eyes softened, beseeching. Jordan, 
You're an intelligent man. She may as well. Surely, you can see what Julie wants you for. Her worldly look narrowed his eyes as they searched over her figure without any reaction. Julie wants me, all right. That's what's driven you to make these wild comments, isn't it? You're jealous because I'm spending so much time with her. She didn't dare let on what she was feeling. Poor Sir Carol's mom. Am I? You think I don't know where? I don't know when a man is teasing me. No more than I ever gave you credit for, and that's the truth. He said, "But you and Harley Fowler made it like sound like an insult." Harley is a fine man," she said, defending him. "Obviously, you think so, or you wouldn't be shacking up with him." He accused. "Does your brother know?" "I'm a big girl now," she said, furious at the insinuation. "Both of you had better remember that I make a bad enemy to whatever happens with the ranch. I don't want to have a subdivision full of people on my border." Didn't know that Libby and Carrot had already discussed how they were going to manage without their father's life insurance policy to pay the mortgage payments that were still owed. We'd all taken out a mortgage on the ranch to buy Janet's Mercedes. Janet had watched off with the money and a private detective. Jordan had recommended to Mr. Kepp had drawn a blank when he tried to dig into Janet's past. The will hadn't been probated either, so there was no riddle, no way Riddle Collins' his children could claim any of their inheritance with which to pay bills and make that huge mortgage payment. They had to let their only helper, their part-time cowboy, go for lack of funds to pay him. They only had one horse left, and they had to sell they had to sell off most of their cattle. The only money coming in right now was what Kurt and Libby earned in their respective jobs, and it wasn't much. Of course, Libby wasn't going to share that information with a hostile Jordan pal. Things were so bad that she and Kurt might have to move off the ranch anyway because they couldn't make that mortgage payment. At the end of the month, it was over $800. They collected take, their collected take-home pay wouldn't amount to that much, and there were still other bills owing. Janet had run up huge bills with vital while Rattle was still alive, Jordan felt sick at what he was saying to Libby. He was jealous of Harley Fowler, furiously jealous. Couldn't bear the thought of Libby in bed with the other man. She wasn't even denying what Julia had assured him had happened between them. Libby and Harley's arms kissing him with such hunger that his toes tingled. Libby loving Harley. Jordan ached to have her for himself. He dreamed of her every night. But Libby was with Harley now. He'd lost a chance. He couldn't bear it. Is Harley going to loan you enough money to keep the ranch going until Janet's found? He wondered aloud. He hasn't got two dimes to rub together from what I hear. Libby remembered the mortgage payment she couldn't make. Once she might have been her pride enough to ask Jordan to loan it to her. Not anymore. Not after what he said to her. She lifted her chin. That's not your business, Jordan. She said from Don't expect me to lend it to you. He said for his wife. Jordan, I wouldn't ask you for a loan if the house burnt down. She served him. I'm flinching. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm using up my lunch hour. She started to go around him, but he caught her on. Marched her down the little alley between her office and the town square. It was an enclave, away from traffic, with no prying hours. While she was wondering what was on his mind, he backed her up against the cold brick and brought his mouth down on her lips. He lifted his head a bare inch and looked into her wide green eyes with possession and desire. Never stopped couldn't get within arm's length of her without giving in to temptation. Did you realize? No. She had no idea. She thought it was a punishment for her harsh words. It was more. It was anguish. You still want me, he ground out. Do you think I don't know? What? She murmured her eyes on his mouth. She could barely think at all. She felt his body so close that when he breathed, her chest deflated. Her breast arched. Ached at the warm pressure of his broad chest. It was heaven. 
to be this close to him and didn't dare let it show. Are you trying to prove something? She murmured, forcing her hands to push instead of pushing. Only that Harley isn't in my league, he said in a husky, arrogant tone as he bent again and forced her mouth open under the slow, exquisite skill of his kisses. In fact, he bit off against her. Neither are you, Cupcake. <laughs> she wanted to come back with some snappy reply. She really did, but the sensations he was arousing were hypnotic, drugging. She felt him move one long, powerful, jean-clad leg in between both of hers. It was broad daylight in the middle of town. He was making love to her against the wall, and she didn't care. She moved against him, her lips welcoming her, welcoming her hands spreading, caressing against his rib cage, his chest. There was no tomorrow. There was only Jordan, wanting her. Her body throbbed in time with her frantic heartbeat. She was hot all over, swelling, aching. She wanted relief. Anything. Voices coming closer to push them apart when she would have said that nothing could. Jordan stepped back, his face a rigid mask. She looked up at him, her crushed mouth red from the erdip pressure, her eyes soft and misty and dazed. Her pocketbook was on the ground. He reached down and handed it back to her, watching as she put the strap over her shoulder, stared up at him, still bemused. She wanted to tell him that Harley was a better lover to make some flip of a mark that would sting him, but she couldn't. He was in pretty much the same shape. He hated the very thought of Harley, but even through the jealousy, he realized that Libby's responses weren't those of an experienced woman. When Julie kissed him, it was with her whole body. She was more than willing to do anything he liked, but he couldn't take Julie to bed because he didn't want her that way. It was a source of irritation and amazement to him and to Julie, who made sarcastic remarks about his prowess. It wasn't a lack of ability, it was just a lack of desire. But he raged when it with it when he looked at Libby. <laughs> he never wanted a woman to the point of madness till now, and she was the only woman he couldn't have. Woman in their damn ambitions, he said under his breath. Damn Harley and damn you, Libby. Damn you too, George, she said breathlessly. And don't expect me to drag you into any more alleys. Make love to you. That's going to be your attitude. She turned and walked away before he had time to realize what she said. He had to bite back and laugh. This was no laughing matter. He had to get a grip on himself before Libby realized what was wrong with him. After the disturbing encounter, she wondered if she and Kurt wouldn't do better to just move off the property and live somewhere else. In fact, she told herself that might not be a bad idea. Mr. Captain, you have to maintain a presence on the property, he told Libby. From If you move out, Janet might use that against you in court. You don't understand, she groaned. Jordan is driving me crazy. Every time I look out the window, Julie's speeding down the road to Jordan's house. Jordan's being conned. I know that, but he won't listen, Libby said, sitting down heavily behind her neck. Julie's got him convinced that I'm running wild with Harley Fowler. That woman is big trouble, he said. I'd give a lot to see her forced to admit what she did to the Colberson girl at that party. You think it was her? She asked Jackie. Nobody else had a motive, he said, his eyes narrowed cold. Shannon Colberson was running against her for class president, and Julie wanted to win. I don't think she planned to kill her. She was going to set her up with one of the boys she was dating and ruin Sharon's reputation, but it backfired at the at least that's my theory. If this gets out, it's going to disgrace your father even further. <laughs> Isn't he already disgraced enough because of the drunk driving charges? Yeah. He and his cronies at City are trying desperately to get those charges dropped before they get into some newspaper whose publisher doesn't owe him a favor. Kept by person on that for this. There's a disciplinary hearing at City Hall next month for the officers involved. Grier says the council is going to try to have the police officers fired. 
I can just see Chief Breyer letting that happen. <laughs> Kept I think the city council was going to be in for a big surprise. Our former police chief, Chet Blake, never would buck the council, stand up for any officer who did something politically incorrect with the city fathers. Breyer isn't like his cousin. What if they fire him too? <laughs> yeah, yeah. If they even try, they will be a recall on the city council. And the mayor kept it simply. I can almost guarantee it. A lot of people locally fed up with city management. Solid waste is backing up. There's no provision for water conservation. The fire department hasn't got one piece of modern equipment. And we're losing revenue hand over fist because nobody wants to mention raising taxes. Didn't realize that. Briar did. He smiled himself. He's going to shake up the town. It won't be a bad thing either. Do you think he'll stay? Kept nodding. He's put down deep roots already. Although I don't think he realized how deep they go just yet. <laughs> like everyone else in Jacobsville, Libby knew what was going on in Cash Driver's private life. After all, it had been in the most of the tabloids. Exactly what the situation was between him and his house guest, Tippy Moore, was anybody's guest. The couple were equally tight-lipped in public. Could I ask you to do something for me, sir? Yes, of course. Could you find out if they learned anything about me? Daddy at the state crime lab and how much longer it's going to be before they have a report chance. Good Lord, I didn't realize how long it had been since the exam examination. Certainly, I'll get right on it, in fact. Thanks, she said. Yeah, no problem. He got it to his feet. Has, have you talked to Violet lately? He asked reluctantly. She's lost weight and she's having her hair crossed. That's again. He's looking at me. I don't want to know about her appearance. I only wonder how she likes her new job. A lot, she replied first lips. In fact, she and my brother are going out on a date Saturday night. Your brother knows her? Yeah, she nodded. He's working for Duke Wright, too. Since when? He's like, he was Jordan's right-hand man. She's very right. Not anymore. Jordan said some pretty bad things about me and Kurt quit. Keep kept us. I don't understand how a man who was so concerned for both of you has suddenly become an enemy. However, yeah, I imagine Julie Merle has something to do with his change of heart. He's crazy about her from what we hear. He's crazy, all right. He said, turn back towards him. He'll go right down the tubes with her and her father if he isn't careful. I'll try to tell him he accused me of being jealous. I tried to tell him he accused me of being jealous. He glanced back. And you aren't. He probed softly. Her face goes up. What good would it do, Mr. Kep? Either people like you or they don't. Kep had thought privately that it was more than liking on Jordan's part. But apparently he'd been wrong right down the line. Bring your pad, if you don't mind, Libby. He said, I want you to look up a case for me at the courthouse law library. Yes, sir, she said, picking up her pad. It was always better to stay busy. That way, she didn't have so much time to think. She was walking into the courthouse when she met Calhoun Ballinger coming out. He stopped and grinned at her. You're the woman I was looking for, he said. On the assumption that I would win this primary election for the Democratic candidate, how would you like to join my campaign staff in your spare time? She cut a red. Mr. Ballinger, I'm very flattered. Duke Wright tells me that you have some formidable language skills. You're not that my secretary don't. <laughs> but they got their hands full right now trying to get people to go to the polls and vote for me. And May, I need someone to write publicity for me. Are you interested? You bet. She said it was great. Come by the ranch Saturday about one. I've invited a few other people as well. Not the Merrills of Jordan Powell, he asked wordly. He glowered at her. I do not invite the political competition to staff meetings, he said with mock contour. He grinned. Besides, Jordan and I aren't speaking. That's a relief, he said honestly. 
You're on the wrong side of him, too, I gather. <laughs> she nodded. Me and half the town. More than half if I read the situation right. Said with a sigh, a handful of the very prominent Democrats have changed sides and they're now promoting me. He smiled more for our side. She smiled about, exactly. Well, then I'll see you Saturday. I already invited your boss and Duke Wright, but Duke won't come. He added him. I invited Greyer and Duke still brown, browned off about the occasion he had with our police chief. He should have swung on her if she pointed out. I'm sure he knows that now. He agreed his eyes with her. See you. She gave him a wave, walked into the courthouse lobby. Jordan Powell was standing there with a receipt for his automobile bag tag. And glaring daggers at Libby. You're on a friendly basis with Callum Ballinger, I gather. Yeah. I'm going to work on his campaign staff. She replied with a smile. He's going to lose, he told her from me. Doesn't have name identification. She smiled at him. He hasn't been arrested for drunk driving, to my knowledge. She pointed out. His eyes flashed fire. That's a frame. He returned. Grier's officer planted evidence against him. She glared back. Chief Grier is honest and open-handed. She told him. And his officers would never be asked to do any such thing. They'll be out of work after the hearing. He predicted. You swallow everything Julie tells you, don't you, Jordan? She asked quietly. Maybe she could take a look at the makeup of our city council. These were people who once owned big businesses in Jacobsville and had tons of money. But their companies are all going downhill and they're not sort of ready cash. They aren't the people who have the power today. If you think Chief Grier is going to stand by and let them railroad his employees, you're way off base. Jordan didn't reply at once. He stared at Olivia until his face collar. I never thought you'd go against me after all I've done for you and Kurt, he said. She's thinking the same thing. It made her ashamed to recall how he tried to help them both when Janet was first under suspicion of murder and fraud, but he'd behaved differently since he got mixed up with Senator Merrill's daughter. It changed drastically. He'd have done a lot for us, should we? We'll always be grateful for it. But you took side against us first, Jordan. Stood by with your mouth closed in Barber's Cafe and let Julie humiliate me. Jordan's eyes flashed and almost looked guilty. He had enough support. Yes, from Harley Fowler. Only someone spoke up for me. Look, I school. You were rude to Julie first in your own office. Why don't you ask Mr. Kep who started it? She replied. Kep hates her, he said bluntly. He'll back your story. I'm working for Senator Romero, and I'm going to get him reelected. Just side with the troublemakers and do what you please. But don't expect me to come around with my hat in my hand. I never did, Jordan, she said calmly. I'm just a nobody around Jacobsville. Very aware of it. Not sophisticated or polished or rich, and I have no manners. On the other hand, I have no aspirations to high society. In case you wonder, good thing. You never fit in. He bit off. She smiled at him. And you think you will? She challenged off. You may have better table manners than I do, more money, but your father was poor. None of your new class friends is ever going to forget that, even if you do. He said something nasty. She got a little, but she didn't back down. Don't worry, I know my place, Mr. Powell. She replied just to irritate him. I have a minor problem that you put out beside the road. I won't forget. She was making him feel small. He didn't like it. Thank you for being there when we needed you most, she added quietly. We are going to sell our land to developers. If you ever get titled to it, he said coldly. She said, that's out of our hands. Kev will do what he can for you. 
he said, feeling guilty, because he knew that she and Kurt had no money for attorneys. He heard that Janet was still missing, and that the kept private detective had shown a blank when he looked into her past. Libby and Kurt must be worried sick about money. Yes, Mr. Cat will do what he can for us. She studied his face so hard and uncompromising and wondered what had happened to make them so distant. After the heated promise of those kisses they exchanged only weeks before, Kurt... Well, he's working for right, I suppose. He asked reluctantly. She not. He's very happy. Julie had a cousin who trains horses. He's won trophies in steeplecast competition. He's working in Kurt's place now. With my two new thoroughbreds. I suppose Julie wants to keep it all in the family. She replied. He glared down at her. Keep all what in the family? Your money, Jordan. She said sweetly. You wouldn't have turned it down if I've given you the chance. He cued sarcastically. You were lying. Laying it on thick. It was kissing whom in the alley. She turned us. Didn't like remembering that. Jerry's wide brain happened. A moment of weakness shouldn't have happened. I'm not free anymore. Insinuating that he and Julie were much more than friends. Libby thought correctly. She looked past Jordan to Julie, who was coming out of the courthouse, looking elegant and cold as ice. She saw Libby standing with Jordan, and her lips collided fiercely. Jordan, let's go. She called him angrily. I was only passing the time of day with him, Julie, Libby told her the older woman with a vacant smile. You keep your sticky hands to yourself, you little liar, Julie told her as she passed and said, Jordan is mine. No doubt you mean his money is yours, right? Libby ventured. Julie drew back her hand and slapped Libby across the cheek and saw her again. Damn you, she raged. Libby was shocked at the unexpected physical replay, but she didn't retaliate. She just stood there. Straight and dignified with as much pride as she could muster. Around the two women, several citizens stopped and looked on with keen disapproval. One of them was Officer Danny Hall, one of the two police officers who had arrested Senator Merrill for drunk driving. She rocked right up to Libby. That was assault, Miss Collins, she told Libby. If you want to press charges, I can arrest Miss Merrill on the spot. Arrest? Julie exposed. You can't arrest me? I most certainly can, Officer Hall replied. Miss Collins, do you want to press charges? Libby stared at Julie Merrill with cold pleasure, wondering how it would look on the front page of Jacobsville newspaper. Wouldn't that put another kink in your father's re-election campaign? Libby ventured softly. Julie looked past Libby and suddenly burst into tears. She threw her arms into Jordan's house. Oh, Jordan, she's going to have me arrested. No, she's not, Jordan said quickly. He glanced at Libby. She wasn't there. Libby cocked her hand. I wouldn't. She let her look at my cheek, Jordan. It was red. There was a very obvious handprint on it. She insulted me, Julie Wallet. I had every right to hit her back. She never struck you, Miss Merrill, Officer Hall replied coolly. Striking another person is against the law, regardless of the provocation. I never meant to do it, Julie Well. She was sobbing, but there wasn't a speck of moisture on her eyes. Please, Jordan, don't let them put me in jail. Libby and Officer Hall exchanged disgusted looks. Men are so damn gullible, Libby remarked with a glare at Jordan. All right, Julie, have it your way. But you better learn to produce tears as well as broken sobs if you want to convince another woman that you're crying. Jordan, could we go now? Julie said, well, I'm just sick. Not half as sick as you'll be when your father loses the election, Julie. Libby drawled sweetly and walked up the steps with Officer Hall at her, sir. She didn't even look at Jordan as she went into the courthouse. End of chapter 8. <laughs>